Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. That's not right. This is mine. What are you looking at? Get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to the G'day and welcome to The Last New Wave, the podcast that's all about the wide and varied landscape of Australian cinema. It's been a while since I've said that because this show has been, well, it's been on a bit of a hiatus. I decided to uh, rest the show for a little bit and... Uh, I figured, you know what, I really enjoy talking about Australian cinema. And so I'm going to keep on talking about Australian cinema. And I figured, why not bring this show back? And here I am with The Last New Wave. This podcast is proudly recorded on the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region. And I pay respects to the elders, both past, present and emerging. I really appreciate... uh, being able to do this show i really appreciate being able to talk about australian cinema and most importantly i really appreciate being able to talk to australian filmmakers about their films and on this particular episode well i've got two sets of interviews that you're getting for the price of one in fact this doesn't cost you anything it is a free show although i do have a patreon account of course i've got a patreon account patreon.com forward slash the curb au Basically, you know, that's a, a Patreon page where you can throw me a dollar. Uh, it helps the show continue going. But regardless, even if you don't, this show is free. And on this show, you get great interviews like uh, the first one that will be coming up with Deanna and Joanne, behind who are the filmmakers behind the film Just Between Us. They're two actresses. They're in the film. Deanna wrote the script for it. Uh, it's a fantastic comedy, which is out via Umbrella Entertainment. I had a lot of fun with this film. Sure, it goes on a little bit too long. I think that probably the last third is, um, you know, it could have been edited a little bit. There's a there's a, a moment in there which I think goes a little bit too far. But regardless, I think this is a lot of fun. And certainly, you know, with Deanna's script, I think it's, it's got a fantastic vibrancy to it that I'm really looking forward to seeing more from what she does, more from her in the future. Hopefully, you know, there's a lot more talent coming out of her. And Joanne is absolutely fantastic. The two have great chemistry on screen. I think they're absolutely brilliant. This is a lot of fun. It's a great little film. Wonderful stuff. As I said, it's out via Umbrella Entertainment. Highly recommend picking up the DVD. And as I record this, it's the 12th of September 2018. Uh, There is a 20% off sale at JB Hi-Fi, which is running until the 16th. So you can pick up Just Between Us for a bargain, uh, which is a good good deal. Uh, I highly recommend doing that. 
And then the other interview, it's taken me a little bit to get this particular one out because the film is currently out in cinemas at the moment. Um, but unfortunately, when I recorded the interview, uh, as you'll hear with both of them, uh, unfortunately, they're both phone interviews. So the audio quality isn't as top notch as I probably hoped they would be. Um, but regardless, uh, you know, so there is a bit of background noise. But regardless, I think that the content is still interesting enough. Um with the second interview, which is for West of Sunshine, you know, a great, great, great film, uh, which is out in cinemas, as I was saying, at the moment. I uh, highly recommend seeking it out. Uh, Damien Hill is the lead actor in it, and he's he's just fantastic. And the director is Jason Raftopoulos, who has written it and he directs it and this is feature debut directorial debut uh it's a really great interview i've been a huge fan of damien's for a while uh, anybody who's been paying attention to the website will know that i'm a huge champion of porno p-a-w-n-o which is a fantastic superb australian film if you haven't seen it highly highly recommend picking it up as i mentioned there's that 20 percent off a sale at jb hi-fi right now uh go and buy it there you won't regret it it's a solid solid film um but i've been a huge fan of his work for a long time and as for jason well his writing is fantastic and his direction is fantastic here with west of sunshine which as i mentioned is out in cinemas right now and i'm really excited to see what jason's got coming up after west of sunshine because you know it's a great film a really enjoyable film and yeah Look, I enjoy chatting to these directors. I enjoy talking about Australian cinema and hopefully enjoy me banging on about Australian cinema as well. If you've been a fan of The Last New Wave before, hopefully you enjoy this new run of, of shows. Um, it's going to be a little bit more sporadic than, than other stuff because I do have the other podcasts which I'm running on. Um, but this one, you know, if I manage to sit down with an Australian filmmaker or somebody associated with Australian film, then I will go on about it here. Uh, and, you know, with these particular interviews, I do apologize for that background noise. There will be a written version of the West of Sunshine interview coming up. Um, but as I'm a one-man team on the curb, sometimes these things take a little bit of time to get up on the website. Um, so please be patient with me. Anyway, uh, let's listen to the trailer for Just Between Us and then be back with that interview and then you'll listen to the trailer for West of Sunshine and be back with that interview. Thanks, guys. Yes, Mum, I know. Hannah, I think I know what your sister would have wanted. It's a bit depressing, isn't it, Mum? Everyone coming over again, it's like it's a second wake. What do you mean you saw B? Like in a dream? It's really important that you listen to me. I'm here. Why are you here? You're dead. I need your help. This is it, her unfinished business. I think B wants us to take Bluey and finish her trip. I don't think I can do it by myself, Trixie. I got snacks. Where are you going? We're following the map, remember? You're no fun. You too. You got no spunk in either of you. Now, your sister had the right idea. Wild child, that one. <laughs> I miss the tricks. Hello. You guys will enjoy this trip. Here's to living!
Diana and Joanne, how are you going? Good, how are Hello. you? Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Sorry, I love being this whole technology of everyone being able to be on call in different, three different states. It's great, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yes, yeah, it? awesome. <laughs> I'm just moving to a quieter area, so bear with me for a second. That's right. No worries. Thanks for taking the time to uh, chat with us. Yeah, of course, of course. It's a really entertaining movie, so, you know... I want to be able oh, to try and do what I can to, you know, get the word out there to for people to, to seek it out when it hits a DVD soon. Oh, that's awesome. We really appreciate that. Yeah. So how was it, how did the screenings go over East? Because unfortunately in Perth we don't get, like we get a lot of uh, news that, you know, there's these great films that are getting screens, but then they only get like yeah. Sydney and Melbourne screenings. So it's always like... <gasps> I gotta wait until it hits the We are trying. We've had so much interest from from Perth, and it's just getting actually getting over there and booking it in with the um, with other studios and everything. We love to, even if it's just one screening in Perth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we love, love, love to. But um, no, the screenings um yeah over here went really really well. We had our um, Q and A screenings and that, and they went awesome. They all sold out. And then the cinema gave us a bit of a run, and we ended up staying on for about four weeks. So um, it's awesome for yeah for an indie you know Aussie film. So that was sensational, and then we had a week run through in South Wales. So yeah, it's just been kind of kicking going. So we've just been really thrilled, and the cast and crew have just been kind of you know monumenting every little success because it's just yeah it's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing with small Australian films; they've got to got to do what you can to get them out there because you know they kind of I guess you guys have to work twice as hard just to to get you know, an audience just, which is really frustrating. It, yeah. it gives me the shit to yeah. an Australian cinema. Like, you know, yeah. people need to get out and support her, especially when there's a great film like yours, and which is hilarious. Oh, yeah, you know, and thanks, Andrew. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, there's all, all these blockbusters have millions to market and that, which, you know, small, small Aussie films really need to put in the hard yards to get word out there so people even know that it exists. And um, it's a shame because, you, you know, you, it's hard to compete with the millions of dollars, and that's why I think we've been so thankful that it's you know been doing so well because just word of mouth has been you know getting people to the cinema and people inquiring about TV and online. So we've been really really fortunate in that respect. That's good. It's good. So where did the idea come from? Because you wrote it, Deanna and Deanna, then... take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was actually um, an idea I had one night after, you know, working in a hospitality job for way too long. And um, I was driving over to the in-laws over the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne and um, a song came on the radio and it was really inspiring and it just kind of took me on a journey in the car, you know, as it were. And I um, I thought, what a, you know, what a great song for a road trip. Like, you know, and a road trip, what a great idea for a movie. What would warrant that? And um, my partner's um, had her own experiences with having to spread ashes, and I thought that's something really significant that could warrant people, you know, just really exiting their lives and taking off on a journey. So everything kind of fell into place from that point, and um, yeah, the story was kind of born, and from there it was written very quickly because it just kept flowing. So. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, share a story, especially people stuck in that kind of rut in their own life, like, you know, what does it take to get them to, you know, look at their life and say, you know, I need to make a change, which is kind of a thing where I was feeling where I was at in my own life, working a job that I didn't really like. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of born out of that. 
Yeah, which I think, you know, it's a very relatable thing. We all work jobs that we're like, oh, mm-hmm. what are we doing? <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, exactly. combining that with tragedy as well, like, I think I think that's what I really liked about it is it's, it's kind of the affirmation of being like, okay, look, something bad has happened, but you've got to move on and start life and, and living again because, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't keep on dwelling on, on sad things. Otherwise, you know, you'll never be able to, to get stuck. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuck in life. We've actually been getting the most reception because of that. So we were thinking, you know, inspiring, just discovering yourself kind of film, but the best feedback that we've gotten from some people who, you know, whether later in life and they've had either regrets or they've lost somebody and people have just come out of the woodwork and sharing their experiences of loss mm. and they've helped people, um, believe it or not, grieve in many ways and that's been a really touching kind of feedback that we've had from audiences. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully it kind of gets people to, after they leave the cinema or finish watching it at home, to kind of, you know, look at their own lives and go, you know, I don't want to have to wait for tragedy to make that, you know, to make something good happen in my life. Mm. Like, hopefully it urges them to kind of make a change in their world if they're kind of going through the same experiences that Hannah and Trixie were. Yeah, yeah. So with that as well, like, was Hannah's sister always part of the, the plot? And like as a as a ghost element, or yeah, was so that, that a late adding thing? No, so that was actually quite well. That was very very early on when I was writing the first draft, and Hannah and Trixie and I had it was only a few pages in, and I thought, you know, especially when dealing with loss and grief and tragedy, that it can obviously get very deep, and it can also get very dark. And you know, I've been to so many movies where I've left feeling almost sad after leaving it rather than having learnt something. And I thought, you know, I want to be able to put some light into the world rather than just add to the darkness that we go through on a daily basis, you know, with all the news and things that are happening in the world. And I thought there needs to be a comedic element where, you know, Hannah and Trixie, you know, have some reprieve as would be audience. And then I thought, you know, what could, how could these two women get into so many different situations and get out of them? Um, in a way that, you know, wouldn't be questioned too much. Um, so that's the worst thing when you're watching a film and you're like, that would never happen. And I thought, <laughs> and who could get away with that? And I thought a ghost could because people won't question. Um, people don't question a higher power, whether it comes from, you know, the universe or other higher beings. They wouldn't question it. And, um, you know, it allowed me to play with a lot of comedic uh, relief being from the character of B. And, Funnily enough, she's also the only she's been a dead character who has to teach the living how to live. Yeah, well, that's so it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't, think, I didn't even think of that. Of course, that that's kind of her role is that she does teach the living how to live and and you know get the you know this kind of reinvigoration and and connection with life uh, a lot more, which is is fantastic. Yeah. I, I think in today's day and mm-hmm. age, it's a message that we really need. Um, you know, yes. it's, it's fantastic. So Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really wonderful. And, I mean, our director, Christopher Kay, had said that very early on, you know, you know you're doing a beautiful thing, that the, the only non character it takes a dead person to show people how to live. And that comes back to, you know, really hoping that audiences, you know, can take away from that, that, you know, hopefully that's not as far as it's going to need to take them. They can make a change before something drastic like that happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, to me, 
it feels like you guys have had a really strong connection together. Have you were you friends before you made this film, or did that kind of come down? Yeah, yeah. So we actually met in acting school. So we went to acting school together, and then we just got talking. And then one day we caught up, and then it started at lunchtime. And then we ended up being it was dark, the sun had set, and we were an hour later. We were still chatting and thinking, you know, we want to make good content for the industry. We want to to just express ourselves in our art and just create good stuff. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a theatre performance or TV or film, and really just impact on some level and impact people and audiences and all of that. And so we just thought, we'll come together. Diana had this amazing idea, and she wrote the script for it in four or five days. Yeah, five days. Five days first draft. So yeah. really, really quick. And then um, when we brought, started bringing the team together and we've worked together before on a short and we've done other stuff and web series and then we just brought the same team and everyone just fell out of the woodwork and just fit in to bring something to the table that was needed and made it amazing. So it was really, really good. Well, the, your friendship really shines through. You can see, oh, you know, thank you. You can see that you, know, you two have... There's a real connection there, which is is vital because you know sometimes you'll see films where there are people who are supposed to be friends or family members, and you're just like, you don't this buy is it. First time you've ever met each other, <laughs> but yeah, yeah you felt even it. the sister. So the character, the um, so B, who's played by Costa Fuchs. So she, we only met her more recently before when she was cast. So yeah. Diana and the I think Diana and Calista playing sisters. That was that was sold really well as well because they just hit it off after the first meeting and then it was siblings. It was like they were exact siblings and it was amazing. And that we were very conscious of that as well, knowing going into an independent film that you know when you don't have you know big and you know hundred million dollar budgets, the story has to be strong. And that can only be done if it's believable and the connection is there. So we were very, very much aware to put rehearsals in place in between the blocks of shooting. Um, that when we got onto set, we were really, we were already bonded, had been bonded together, and we weren't just showing up for the first time, going, oh, hi, I'm Diana, I'm playing Hannah, hi, I'm Calista, I'm Poppy, yeah. we're, we're sisters and meant to be, you know, best friends yeah. and Trixie. And growing up together. Yeah. yeah, so we really did that. And a lot of us, we did to make sure we did stuff outside of the rehearsals as well, like, uh, you know, Calista and I would hang out, and um, Calista would hang out and do just, you know, fun things together so that we could become really familiar with each other. So, as you said, you know, the bonds can really stay true. Yeah. Even yeah. the family, like the kids and the kids in there and Uncle Al, so there's Clayton Jacobson playing their dad, but we just wanted to make sure the girls were comfortable and the twins were comfortable with somebody who was going to be playing their father as well as their mother. So we've got the whole family together and the grandmother as well, Meryl, who's a crowd favourite. We've got them all in the room She's together fantastic, to make sure yeah. that they're all awesome. <laughs> She is fantastic. Karen is amazing. Yeah. So how did you go about casting them as well? Because there's some pretty big names here uh, that kind of pepper out the, the supporting cast. It's, it's great to see. Yeah. You know, Everything Andy. has a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a family class when we were at the table reading. We had already engaged Karen because we had met Karen uh, about a year or two beforehand and um, stayed in touch. And, um, you know, when writing the character, thought, you know, Karen would be really fit for this role if we can age her a little bit. She's obviously much younger than the grandmother she's playing. And, um, yeah, and when we at the table read, everyone's like, how are you going to get John Jared and all these people that you want? And we're like, we're going to do it, you know. And we put the feelers out. And, you know, we're so lucky that these amazing and established names in the Australian industry, like Clayton Jacobson, John Jarrett, Karen Fairfax, are just so willing to support 
uh, yeah. the next generation of filmmakers. And when we explain to them the idea that, you know, we want to do an Aussie, you know, comedy drama and it's a road trip and it wants, we want to put some light out into the world. It's not an art house film. It's not a horror film or a slasher flick. It's, you know, we want to make it kind of that next Australian film that people are going to want to watch over and over again. It's not just a, you know, watch, watch once and go, oh, it was okay. We really want to, you know, leave the world a bit brighter than when people saw it, before they saw it. And people just fell in love with that kind of story behind the story and were so willing to help out and really believe in the story and what we wanted to achieve as well. Well, I think, I think you know, there's certainly that vibe of, of it being something that feels, it'll feel very familiar to a lot of Australian families in a lot of ways. You know, the, the yep. people catching up and doing uh, strange things and things like that, which are unique to that family. <laughs> yeah. It's really exciting, yeah. And we wanted to show, a, you know, a true representation of Australia um, mm-hmm. without having the stereotypes role, the stereotype roles as well. I mean, you know, having, a, you know, an Asian in a lead um, that's not playing a stereotyped Asian that works at, you know, um, the local Chinese takeaway shop is huge. Um, you know, really, you know, having, a, a, you know, an Aussie Aussie family from Albury, Wodonga. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we wanted to have that true representation of, people that you know, we're friends with and that we know and things that have happened in our own life, having yeah. somebody that's not a size eight on the screen, um, you know, having a true reflection of Australians and who we are as people and what we have to give as well, that was so important for us as well. well we kind of naturally fell into the diversity uh, and all the, you know, checking certain boxes. We just happen to be female. I just happened to be Asian and, you know, all these things, we had a lot of our sound, cast and crew were, we had heavily dominated female um, representation, which was fantastic. And that wasn't, it was pure accident. We just happened to have people who were in certain roles that we wanted to bring together onto the team and they just happened to be female. Um, all these roles that came about, even my family, that Diana wrote as the, the family from Albury, not unlike the extended family that I have, and they're Italian, um, English, Irish, and uh, people just expect us all to be Asian. And we live in Australia, we've been here for years, and my parents have been here for years, like since they were in high school, end of high school. And so it was really great to represent Australia as Australia and not just the stereotypes. And it was fantastic. It was great to see. And so many people have commented on that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that line where um, I think, I, I can't remember who says it, but it's the line where somebody says to Trixie that I forget that your family's white. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, that's what Australia is. It's, it's people who have different, different originations and, and ethnic backgrounds and stuff like that. And, and it's great to see that shown on, on film. And it's also really nice yeah. to see that the story starts in Adelaide as well because so rarely we get to see Adelaide on screen. Um, yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in Adelaide right now, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> let me say that. I'm the Adelaide local, so that's where it started. So or I'm homegrown. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Adelaide originally, and I mean, I love Adelaide. My family still lives here, and um, you know, you love to see Adelaide represented on screen as well because it's, it's somewhere that doesn't get, you know, really said or told about unless somebody's kind of giving it a little bit of shit. 
and um, <laughs> so it's um, you know we really wanted to you know show that on screen okay. and yeah so 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 much in Australia with that even yeah. Other, yeah, other parts of Australia not the not just Melbourne and Sydney because people recognise the Opera House and people recognise you know maybe some parts of Melbourne or they know of Melbourne at least whereas um, overseas they're not as not as many people know um, whether it's Adelaide or even regional parts of Australia so we wanted to go along the coast and even recognisable places like the Great Ocean Road but. Even though we were on the Great Ocean Road, we chose a different part of the Great Ocean Road that people may not be familiar with and just showed a whole bunch of different places. And that was great fun, even to do our own road trip to make this movie about a road trip. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, like when I was watching it, I had to readjust my mind because I, like, I'm so used to stories starting in Melbourne or Sydney that I'm like, oh, no, no. Because <laughs> yeah. there, there's the line where you're like, oh, we're going to be in Melbourne at this point, And I'm like, Hang on, didn't they start? I'm like, no, what? of course they started in Adelaide. It's only halfway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which was really entertaining and, and nice to have my own mind kind of change uh, from that perspective. Um, yeah. One of the other things which, and this is mild spoiler alert, I guess, but I'm I'm kind of curious about um, the decision to, to, shoo, to show Trixie's uh, sexuality in the way that you did. Like, it's it's really, really exciting to see somebody who is, you know, bisexual or possibly bisexual or bi-curious at least in mm-hmm. the film and I'm curious about what the decision was to show that in this particular story uh, you know? I, well I think um, mostly because I knowing myself and everybody that I'm knowing my immediate world and circle everybody's had those experiences you know in one form or another even if it's just thinking about sexuality in a different form and being very fluid and open to it and I think it's something that it's so good that we can illustrate that on screen and it doesn't need to be said or a discussion yeah. doesn't need to be had that hey I'm or it's like not full on and, and offensive it's yeah. just you know it's the curiosity of it and, and that's the thing is you know because in this day and age and you know what it should have been for many years prior to this as well is that it's it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if someone yeah. wants to go and um, experiment, if somebody wants to open their heart to love somebody of the same sex, like, that's okay, and it doesn't need to be explained or justified, it's, you know, yeah. we're living in a day and age where, you know, those labels don't matter so much anymore, and, and um, we really wanted to illustrate that, you know, as we did even, you know, with the different ethnic the races, yeah, yeah and, the, you know the different sexualities. Hey, it's, it's not a big deal. Good on you. You know, the conventional yeah. stuff is not as what it yeah. used to be. And one of the best. It doesn't people. matter at the end. Yeah, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because you know they both got laid and it didn't matter who <laughs> where they, who, they, who they both were open to. And it was outside the comfort zone. But one of the best uh, people, comments that from a family friend, and this is from an aging family. So a family friend of mine came and saw the film, and their son is gay. And he went overseas and got married in America because at the time it wasn't a possibility for him and his partner here. Um, and when she saw it, she came up to me afterwards and she just said, well, thank you for showing um, this relationship as being normal, as in it's not abnormal to have a relationship with the same gender for oneself. And so they, I mean, this couple have since moved back from America and then I live in Australia. And she was just so happy that we showed something that it wasn't, um, to do and it wasn't any you know it was just an experience that they had and then it moved on to the next thing as if it was just normal mm-hmm. so she was very grateful 
to uh, for us showing that, and it was really great, especially amongst the Asian community, because once again, in a cultural situation, that is uh, a definitely a still to be subject amongst a lot of Asians. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really happy it's in there as well because the the more that these kinds of relationships and and that kind of sexuality is shown in film, like then it, it just helps break down the the societal uh, stigmas that that. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. it exist, um, which is frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, when, when you're in the position that we're so fortunate to be in, which is, you know, to create something that so many people, you know, have the potential to access, you know, I'm very much of the mind that I feel as though we have a responsibility to, you know, start conversations and, you know, really be the people to go, hey, look, this is, this is how it should be. And people yeah. may not agree and people may have different opinions, but, I certainly feel the responsibility to do things that, you know, I believe in. Yeah, and if we can facilitate the conversation, then... Yeah. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And the other thing which I, I really liked as well is, I, I could be wrong, I've seen quite a fair few Australian films, but I, I think this is the first time that women's football has been shown on film. Um, so, you know, I think that's really exciting to see, you know, Aussie rules being played by women, and because that's a legitimate yeah. thing which exists right now, and and showing that on on film is is another fantastic and thing. So hats off for that. I, oh, that, oh, thanks, Andrew. That was uh, that actually I had written that in even before the AFLW. Yes, that was purely by accident. Been quite uh, fortuitous because because uh, I think what did you say, Diana, about cricket? You were thinking cricket, but that had been done too many times. Well, it was not even. It's like you know, I you know, I played female footy when I was younger, and it got to a point that. I was told I wasn't allowed to play anymore um, because I couldn't go any further. And, you know, that broke a part of my heart because I wanted to keep doing that and was told I couldn't, And but the boys are still allowed to. And, again, it's all about creating that conversation of going, well, why not? Well, why are these barriers in place? And in film, we don't have those barriers. So let's do something about it and show life as it should be. And it was awesome, you know, we had the Sunbury Lions female football club come out fully supporting, getting all their club members out to, you know, really get behind the movie and, and that's what it is, you know, the movie itself is like, you know, it is a community and um, people coming together and doing what they believe in and, you know, we're, we're stoked to be able to be one of the first uh, Australian films to showcase on this female footy because, you know, why not, you know, the project's done a lot, lot more. Well, it, it exists. It's out there. So it's, it should be, uh, yeah. you know, these kinds of things. many. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Absolutely. So where to next for you guys then after this? Are you going to continue working together or do you have um, projects that you, you're both keen to kind of uh, move into as producers? There's a lot on the slate at the moment, I think, for, for everybody. Um, there's projects that we're you know, talking about and um, we're really just trying to wrap uh, just between us up in a nice little bow, um, yeah. you know. Um, End it off on its way. So yeah, you know, because we, uh, we're gearing up now for the um, DVD and online release, which is September the 5th. And, um, yeah, being one of the films that's in competition for the actors, we're really trying to, you know, make strides there if we can. So we're about to fly off around the country all together again and attend all the screenings. Yeah, for those screenings. Yeah, it's great that yeah. the new indie category has opened up because that's allowed us to get into that circuit. Yeah. And yeah. once again, give another big push for Australian films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, but I mean, there's definitely yeah. there's stuff, there's stuff in the works and 
you know, I think um, you know, we're all um, we're all around the place at the moment on set of uh, you know different films and that that are you know we're working on as actors and then in terms of producing, there's definitely stuff in the works for sure. Mm-hmm. All in different stages of development. Mm. It's good. It's good. Well, I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with next. Uh, oh, thanks, a, Andrew. A lot of talent there, and it's you know it's great to see new new voices, especially women voices in uh, Australian cinema. Um, I know that they, uh, I think Screen Australia released it. They apparently had reached parity the other day, but the, I, I don't entirely believe it. I think they've still got a lot of way to go. And by having people like yourselves out there making films is, is going to help bridge that gap of, um, you know, mm-hmm. the lack of, of women voices in cinema and, and behind the screens and in front of the screen. So keep on doing it, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, we'd love to. We would like to keep working. Yeah, that's definitely the plan. Just keep creating, keep working and working together, working on other stuff, wherever it may take us. Plenty of things to say and definitely going to tell them um, through cinema and TV. So there'll be more to hear from uh, from all of us. Uh, from John, myself, Christopher, we're, we've got many things in the works. So the the opportunities are endless from this point because just like our film, there's no barriers of what we can do. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, the last question that I have, which I, I always ask everybody, especially the Australian filmmakers, because I'm really curious to hear what mm-hmm. you guys have to say, um, is there yep. an Australian film that you really enjoy that you, you wish that more people would seek out or just a favourite one in particular? Um, well, for me, we recently um, saw Cargo, uh, okay. which is an, an Aussie film, yeah, by the Aussie filmmakers. And that, for me, I, I really enjoyed that and especially the representation of uh, you know, Aboriginal culture and Indigenous uh, actors as well was really beautiful. And, um, yeah, for me, that's, like, uh, the thing that kind of stands out most in my mind at the moment, which I think is just an you know, incredible step forward for that as well. So definitely I think uh, Cargo is something to see. Yeah, it's on my to-watch right, now. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it's uh, actually really beautiful how they turn the, how they turn the tables. Yeah, yeah, about... Well, how they turn the tables about, um, how, you know, indigenous, indigenous culture and being represented as, you know... As, some, you know, truly having power to help and help people and really like the heroes kind of. Heroes, it, it's really powerful and it's a great movie. It's very entertaining. You're kind of sitting on the edge going, what, how's this going to end? How's this, what's going to happen? So <laughs> most recently, yeah, Cargo definitely stands out for me. Fantastic. So the one that stood out for me was, um, I thought it was a little while back, it was I had been invited to see a film called The Rocket. And I knew nothing about it. I hadn't seen the trailer or anything like that. Just a friend had told me about it, so I went over to went to the cinema to see it at the Nova. And it's a, a, a movie about um, this boy from Laos, and he's been he's believed to have bad luck because he was born as a, a twin, and the other twin didn't survive. And so that's apparently something superstitious about that. But he goes on through this life journey um, with his family to relocate and then he enters this rocket competition and it's just how the story unravels and there's a character who's, um, you're not sure if he's actually real or if he's, uh, not that it has anything to do with our film, but I just thought of it at the time, is, um, you don't know if he's real or if he's just a figment of the imagination and he just pops up um, in this film and it's just really beautiful storytelling. The scenery is amazing because it's based in Laos. Um, but it made Australians, and it was just great. It was one of those I walked away, and I thought, you know what? I have to see more of these films 
that wouldn't normally get your regular commercial release and you may not have heard about it, but I heard about it from somebody else, which is the reason why I saw it. And I hope that happens more for our film and for other Australian films. So it's one of those that it's not going to be commercially available. So if you seek it out, it will be an enjoyable one to watch. Yes, and I think I think that's actually available on Ozflix um, from memory. So it probably would be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. People should seek it out. Um, it's a really great film. I really enjoyed that one. So you know, great yeah. recommendation. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate it and really enjoy talking about your film and. Uh, certainly I'll be pushing it when it hits DVD via Umbrella, as you said, in September. So. I'm going to show you a gun. You take another card. Yep. Good. So can I have another card? You sure? Mm-hmm. 100%. <gasps> There's never anything that is a dead set certain. This one here, this is as close as it gets, mate. Big one's house, mate. What did you win? 1400. I need it. I want 15 on my desk by end of business today. Do you understand that? I've got something on that is going to square this whole thing. I promise you. Well, he's been bad. It's a bit tricky. There are going to be times when I can't explain everything. Go to his house, fight and bring him here. I will get every cent back. I promise you. If you can do some deliveries for me, I can take care of it. It's mainly one gram, half ounce to an ounce bags mixed together to cover you. You in? I'm so sorry for asking, but I have to. Be this for you anymore? What? Someone that you would choose? Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, that's one of the things which I find surprising. It's like, you know, we really don't get behind Australian cinema in the way that we really should do. And after hearing the reactions of how West of Sunshine was received in, in Venice, you know, standing ovation, all that kind of stuff, it's like, shit, why aren't we doing that in Australia? Where's that kind of love and passion in Australia? It's, it's really frustrating. does my head in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah, it's a dynamic, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but, you know. Yeah, who knows, mate? I mean, you know. But what, what is it, what's the journey been like for you guys? Because it was a while ago since it, it launched there, and so it's been kind of a steady path uh, internationally heading towards the Australian mm. release, which is not far away at all. So how's that been for you both? Well, I mean, for me, it's, yeah, it's been, it's, it's kind of like, Doing the festival circuit and trying to kind of organise what the, the, the overseas release is going to be doing, it's been, look, it's been great. I mean, I was over in London, um, uh, screened, uh, film screened there, and uh, look, it's been interesting because I've been just riding away almost in the interim working on my next project, but but you, you don't stop living with it, and it feels like that until it's actually kind of been seen by the audience that it's intended for, in a sense, you know, an Australian audience. You know, I'm just beginning to let it go now. It's um and uh, and, and look, I'm I'm really excited, man. I mean, it's, 
I'm excited for Australians to get to see it. You know, it's um, it's been a long journey and it's um, it, it's kind of time. You know. Yeah, well, definitely, and you know, it's it's focused around your great performance, Damien, which is you know superb. Like you, you're a surprise, really, in in a lot of ways, because you've come out of nowhere, in, in some regards, even though you've been working for a long time, and you know, you've with Porno and West of Sunshine, you've really kind of done some spectacular work. So, how is it finally being seen out and you know recognised for these kinds of great performances? Oh man, but someone like yourself is beautiful. I'd have so nice to translate it into a, um, you know, which is totally fine. You sort of mainstream work and stuff like that. I was super excited to work with Jake because um, I knew him beforehand and the way that he works. And I mean, they're the kind of films that I'm interested in making. And yeah, and man, in relation to that whole journey, it, it actually went from shooting to burn it pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, that's a really quick turnaround to go five or six months later where I got burn Normally, you know, and then it's been, I, I see it more through Ty because he was 11 when he shot it and he's 13 now. So um, I can see the changes in him. Yeah. You know? and, and then watching, I remember we watched it recently down at Melbourne and, all I thought was I should wear sunscreen because I'm looking old, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, I bet the, like, you know, this this will come as kind of like a backhanded compliment, so I'm sorry, but the, the weathered look does really, really add to your character quite a lot because, you know, he goes through a lot of shit. And, you that's, know, why got, uh, that's why he got cast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Damien. I'll take it on So what was it like working with Ty as well? And, you know, for those who are unaware, you have a pretty distinct relationship with him. You know, he's, he's your stepson. So what's that like having a, a you know, acting relationship with him? <laughs> Oh man, he he was on set and you know uh, in life, so it it actually made it a whole lot more comfortable because I know exactly how I can reassure him. I guess that you know this stuff is all just sort of pretend; it's not indicative of our relationship or anything like that. And at the same time, get uh, a performance or an energy that the script deserves. You know, yeah. without sort of filtering, and I mean, if it was another person, they'd probably be their parent on set, and then you know, you're kind of working on two different levels and stuff like that. Whereas um, with Ty, it was, and, and he was embraced by everyone from the costumes that he had his own little uh, runner. <laughs> got a month <laughs> at school, but he would come in. Because I normally shot a bit earlier than he did or finished later, but they really looked after him. And, um, you know, from from Jake initially, obviously I sort of suggested him, and then it was all just uh, he and Jake meeting, and I mean, he loved Jake, and he loved Alexi, the producer, and so, yeah, we didn't work. It was just making sure that, um, you know, that he was fine. And he, at the same time, he's a little boy, so he does probably watch them. He's all grown up now. But he um he can get tired throughout the day. 
Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 So they will always do it in first and um that's what I think comes up really. Yeah. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Jason? What what was it like directing uh you know, a father and a son, really? Like oh, really? Mate, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was I'd always wanted to cast a non-actor in that role um, and when the suggestion came out I was seeing some other kids and uh, and I thought the idea of having, you know, a real kind of father-son relationship would be quite amazing and the love I knew would be there but since the film, as you know, is about two of them almost being at each other's throats most of it, that was the challenge for me as a, as a director, you know. Um, and so, in a sense, when I knew that I, when I knew that there was something in Thai that needed to be kind of explored in mind, I, I kind of had to work with a different set of tools with him to be able to kind of help him just kind of tweak all of this about performance about everybody. But he's a beautiful, sensitive kid and he takes direction really, really well. And he just dived into the imaginary circumstance and his beliefs. And look, it was it was a it was a great it was a great way to have that dynamic kind of be demonstrated over the course of the film. And, yeah, I mean, it was just a really, really wonderful experience to see him grow um, through the film, but also him experience kind of firsthand a day in the life of his father, kind of the imaginative father, uh, and then have that be shared with Dane, you know, over Mm. the 18 days. And I think that was... And and I think you can see that on, on, on the screen. Yeah, you definitely can. And one of the things I found really interesting is that it's, you know, this this kind of intergenerational examination of uh, masculinity and, you know, there's the father that disappeared, Jimmy's father disappeared when he was young and then just kind of him challenging that perspective of who he is as a dad. So was that something that you wanted to, to dig into and, and what kind of things did you discover as you're exploring masculinity? Mate, that's a great question, man. That's and that's exactly what the film is about. You know, it's 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 what do we, how do we, what is love, and how do we, and you know, it's a simple film about love and connection, and you know, the character is born really out of his own abandonment by his own dad. You know, you know, played by the car in a sense. You know, mm. um, and and the myth and the mythology and the mythologizing of what that car represents. You know, Dane's character believes that by holding on to the car in, in a pristine way, in some way, that becomes the, the attachment to the relationship of the father, the grandfather in a sense. And and you realise that, yeah, man, at the end of the day, what we need is not a mythology or a kind of a, an imaginable fantasy of what a relationship could be, but actually time in. And really that goes to the core the core of the of the of the film it's time you know that, that's why it's shot over a day that's why time is referenced in a sense and that's why we've got the sun being such an important aspect of the sunrise sunset is because how how we spend our time with the ones we love becomes one of the most important motives of the film yeah definitely and and for you damien like i've noticed in your work even the short films that you've done there is this kind of look at the Australian male and, and what it is to be an Australian man. Is that something that draws you to different projects and different stories? Like, you know, there was a short film that screened at Revelation and fortunately I can't remember the name of it, but when you popped up in it, I was like, oh, 
there he is, you know, and it's this exploration of, of what it is to be a man. And I'm like, this is this seems to be a recurring theme in your work. Is that a conscious effort? I don't know. I think it might be more those lines around my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Weathered. Um, no, but actually, when Jay first talked about it, um, man, I love that sort of stuff because I see them as, you know, the stuff I'm interested in is... Uh, Sorry, that truck gone past that front. It's uh, flawed characters and, you know, people that are capable of change. So I'm always interested in exploring that sort of thing. And um, and the, the idea of uh, being a father within this is, I mean, I, I never had a father. I had one, I guess, but I never, you know, knew him or anything. So I, I was really interested in that and going, uh, always think, oh, what is, you know, we're inundated with references to being a man, whether it's, you know, booty-based things, whether it's people always at the gym, whether it's loyalty or strength or, or whatever, um, you know, there's vulnerability, all sorts of little facets. So um, I was interested in it within the context of a father and son because that stuff was sort of a... Uh, foreign to me, so I suppose I always question it, yeah. or I'm satisfied. And Andrew, can I just also add that that part of the examination of uh, masculinity as well was the idea that, mate, generally, you know, so many so many men are just built around this notion of, okay, I'm, uh, you know, they define themselves by achievement, right, and having and stuff and, 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 and creating legacies. Um, and the family becomes this kind of attachment on the side. I, you know, I take care of business and, oh, yeah, and while I'm at it, there might be family. And really, the comments are really about, hey, you know, it's all right to be a family man that takes care of business, you know, by flipping it. And, and in a way, it's just looking at those ideas for myself. Mm. And I think it's interesting as well from the perspective of a working-class man as well, where, you know, we that's kind of, it was mythologized way back in the 70s and 80s and it's, I, I feel it's kind of that, that perspective has kind of shifted a lot in modern modern times. Like it's a lot harder to be a working class man now. It's not the honourable thing of doing a hard day's work as it used to be, it feels. And I really that's, like that you explore that here. That's exactly right, mate. And that's exactly spot on because, um, you know, uh, you're, you know it, it's about... Oh, mate, I had the idea was just in my head, but it was like, yeah, but the idea of um, work, you know, like it's, it's a hard, it's a hard day. Oh, mate, I've lost it, Andrew. It was right there, but you basically summed it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and but, I apologise. I'm standing outside with a bunch of lorikeets screaming at me as well, so I apologise <laughs> if my questions get drowned in. Oh, no, no, it's great, man. It's really cool. We're in a hotel for Going back and forth, and unloading a and doing the hard day's work. Frustrating <laughs> me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did ask them to be quiet beforehand, but uh, these things happen. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, man, it's about that. I think that's what it is. And like back in the day, you're right. It was the, the the obligation to work and to bring home and to kind of you were defined by that. You know, you're you're kind of you're defined by that kind of what what that meant by working and, and bringing home something and without even kind of considering well what are the costs with that as well and and Jason and I were actually talking about this yesterday it's within the art form of you know cinema or 
filmmaking, storytelling, be it writing, acting, directing, or a few. Um, you know, the people I'm interested in working with and like working with uh, think of themselves as tradespeople, you know? Mm. There's, there is a real grounded kind of sense of them. They don't want to be movie stars or, you know, recognised on the street or, or any of that sort of stuff. But it's about, you know, collaborating and going, let's tell stories that we're curious about. Yeah. Fascinated yeah. or obsessed with or, you know. And you're doing a great job with it as well. It's it's nice. It's it's this kind of resurgence of, um, you know, Aussie stories in a different way. Like I, I, I'm excited by where Australian cinema is going now at the moment. It's it's really good. Um, yeah, there's cool stuff around at the moment. Yeah, there's heaps of great stuff, and it's just getting people to to pay attention to it, which is, um, you know, we've got to we've got to open our eyes a lot more to that. I think the Australian audiences do. Um, but anyway, one of the other questions I've got as well is that for Jason, one of the things I absolutely love about this film is the score is, is fantastic and I was really, really pleased to see, you know, Lisa Gerard and James Orr's names on there. So I'm curious about how you managed to get them and, and what the relationship was like with getting that kind of score created. Mate, that's, that's such a great question. Thank you, man, for asking. The score was such an important part of the narrative. You know, um, I, I, I wanted to make sure when I, when I was writing a kind of, um, you know, the score treatment, I said I wanted to tell an urban tale, but I didn't want to have an urban score. And I wanted the score to almost act as like a Greek chorus, like a consciousness of the film, you know? So it was really almost, the score was not of, didn't speak of the world, but it spoke to the world. And when Lisa uh, got her hands on it, um, she just called me back, man, straight away and said, mate, I know this film. I, I lived in those streets. I understand the spiritual connection that this story's about. And so we started talking about that idea of the sport being kind of the consciousness of the Greek chorus of the film, and she just went and just blew me away with the stuff. So it was one of the most creative months of my life, mate, and I'm so wrapped that you got that because... You know, um, uh, that was a, d a decision based on marriage. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I mean, I've, I've been a huge fan of their work for a long, long time. And, you know, hearing, hearing their work in this kind of context is it's great. It's, it's something that, you know, I, I kind of wish that we had more of in a way. And it works so well. So, you know, hats off for that. I appreciate it as a, as a film fan. Oh, I appreciate it, yeah. <laughs> I, I really, really appreciate the the, the that's that's exactly what we're going for with it. You know, to kind of go all right, well, this is an urban tale, but let's how do we make it something bigger than that? How can we make it take the context that is generational and intergenerational and almost mythical in a sense? You know. Mm, mm. All right. Well, I've got one last question, which I I always ask everybody that comes on, especially Australian filmmakers. Um, it's something about Australian films that I love the most and, you know, obviously I, I bang on about them quite a bit, but I'm curious about what an Australian, what is an Australian film that you guys recommend people seek out that, that might be underrepresented or under-discussed? Oh, that's a great one. Silent Partner by Alkanoff Simulidos' film, Silent Partner. Beautiful film. That is, that is a beautiful film. I love that film too. Um, 
Oh, look, I, uh, Dane got in ahead of me, actually. That's what I was going to say. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for me, there was an early, early Bruce Beresford movie that I loved. That is, it's got, I think it was uh, Brian Brown's first role in it, and it's about a bunch of bank robbers. I, I, what, do you know which one? I, it's, the titles escape me now, Andrew. Uh, I, you know, um, yeah, I think it was just it was just released on Umbrella a few few months ago. I think um, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I've got the cover in my mind, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know which one? I'm, I'm, I mean, look, I think you can look it up. You know, that one, and I'm sorry that I forgot the title, but I remember seeing it maybe about five six years ago. And I was like, oh, man, that is just stunning, you know? Yeah. It was a really, it had a lot of, it was kind of a genre piece of it today, yet it's just incredible performances. It was a real beauty, you know? Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I'll I'll search it out and, and write it down because uh, it's certainly, it's on my shame pile. I haven't seen it yet, but I've got it there to watch. So Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. I wish I was James trying to look it up now. Can you look it up on the show? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. I'll I'll look it up myself and and track it down later on. It's not a problem yeah, at all. <laughs> yeah, but if, but if that's not the one, then yeah. So there you go. Two great films. And a bunch of great filmmakers there. West of Sunshine with Jason Raftopoulos and Damien Hill with a really great film there. And then before that was Just Between Us, the filmmakers Deanna Ortuzzo and Joanne Newen. And both of those films are available to watch right now, Just Between Us, Umbrella Entertainment, on demand as well as on DVD. West of Sunshine, it is out in cinemas right now. Do your bit, go and watch Australian cinema. Uh, enjoy Australian cinema. On the other aspect as well, there is another film that is out in Australian cinemas at the moment, which is called The Merger. It is a fantastic Australian film. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. It's a great comedy about a football team that's uh, integrating asylum seekers into the football team to try and reinvigorate the town and and bring uh, culture and bring uh, vibrancy to the town and, and reinvigorate it in a lot of ways. And it's a good, fun film. Highly recommend seeing and one that actually really benefits a lot from a, a audience in the cinema. So please head along, go and see West of Sunshine, go and see The Merger, pick up Just Between Us. You won't regret your decisions with any of those. They're great films. They're really, really entertaining. And thank you very much for listening as well. I really appreciate your time and being able to you know, sit down and listen to me bang on about Australian films, uh, even if the audio quality is not top-notch all the time. I uh, do have better equipment now, but uh, unfortunately, um, you know, with some of these interviews, it's just not possible. But regardless, look, I, I shouldn't apologize so much. Uh, these things do happen. I've heard the audio quality for some of uh, the major shows out there and, you know... It's uh, not the audio quality sometimes, it's just the content that that matters. Uh, So hopefully, you know, you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, hit me up on Facebook or on Twitter, TheCurbAU on both Facebook and on Twitter, and also send me an email, TheCurbAU at gmail.com. Alternatively, if you want to listen to other reviews or uh, read reviews or or read articles and things like that, then head over to thecurb.com.au where you can listen to previous episodes of the podcast that I've got on there as well as read written reviews too. I think that's about it. 
Uh, look, I've got more exciting content coming up soon. Uh, lots of really, really exciting, interesting content regarding Australian cinema. Um, so stick around and hopefully you enjoy this and and tell your friends as well. Get them to, uh, you know, watch Australian cinema and subscribe to the show. Thank you very much, guys. And I'll see you on the next episode of The Last New Wave. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.